Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. So I want you to go to the book of Romans. Go to the, Rom- go to the book of Romans, Romans chapter uh, 12. Romans chapter 12. Can we welcome everybody watching across our YouTube and across all of our online options? Come on, can we give them a big, big welcome? We're so glad that you're tuning in and glad that you're watching us across online church, wherever you're at on the highway, driving, or in your office and you're tuning in. We're glad that you're hearing, listening, watching, and you're a part of what God is doing here in Miami. All right, go to Romans chapter 12. As you're going there, look at the person next to you and tell them, I am so glad that you are sitting next to me today. Come on. Look at somebody and smile at them next to you. Look at the person on the opposite side and tell them, I like you better than my first neighbor. Come on. Hey, I'm really excited. I got a friend of mine all the way from Havana, Cuba. I got my friend, Pastor Ricardo Bissett with me. It's a good friend of ours and my brother in Jesus Christ. I love him. And we've gone to Cuba, been there in his church. His church is growing. It's doing amazing things. God's doing amazing things in Cuba because of this man and his beautiful family. I love you, my brother. I'm glad that you're here. Romans chapter 12 is where we've been for the last several weeks. We're studying it, getting it in our heart, in our soul. And so I want you to highlight it, underline it, and we're going to get it uh, probably for the next week or two. One more time, we're going to read it and see what Paul's trying to tell us through Romans chapter 12. If you're there, can you shout amen? Amen. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a what? As a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Verse 2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing. Somebody shout renewing. By the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. Anybody thank God for his word? Come on, anybody thank God for Romans chapter 12? Can we give God's word a big, big hand this afternoon? Come on. I love God's word. Romans chapter 12, the first two verses is where we're focusing on Because Paul is trying to tell us how to live a godly life. The past two weeks, we've been studying it, dissecting it, and we said if we want to live this life that Paul is trying to tell us about in Romans chapter 12, then we have to reset, restructure our choices, we said in week one. Then he talks about being transformed or changed by the renewing of our mind. Week two, we we talked about our thoughts. Today, week three, I want to continue around this theme of renewing, changing, living a surrendered life. And today we'll talk about relationships. Somebody say relationships. If you're taking notes at Calvary, we like to take notes on a notebook, phone, a piece of paper, whatever it is. I want you to write this down. Today, uh, the title of today's message, I've titled it this way, Climate Change. Climate Change. Can you high five three people around you and tell them I'm changing my climate? I'm changing my climate. Nothing political, but we'll get into 
relationships. Let's pray, and then I'm going to talk for a little bit for the next 20, 25 minutes. We'll talk about Jesus, and we'll talk about relationships, and then we'll go outside, sign up for a connect group. It's going to be an incredible Sunday. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, your grace, your love and mercy toward us, with us. Thank you for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Speak to us today. Let your word come alive in our heart and our soul. God, I pray that you would heal, that you would connect people here today as we get ready for this decade that you have before us. It is in Jesus' name that all of God's people say. Oh, come on. It's in Jesus' name all of God's people say. Can you give Jesus a big shout of praise in this place? Come on. Me and Diana, we've uh, come to find out over the last several years that we are not the best people to take care of flowers. We are not the best at flowers. We used to love buying flowers for our house, for our home, and you would go into our house, and I used to like seeing, you know, different flowers, right? It just brought some life to it, but soon we found out that within a day or two, all the flowers would die quickly because we were really bad at taking care of them. We didn't provide the proper conditions. Uh, wouldn't water them, wouldn't put them in the sunlight, and I wouldn't either. And so really soon, all the flowers would die. Is anybody else here like that? Come on, you, you just can't. What we decided to do over the past six months, we actually decided to go this route, and it's been a better route, is that we decided to buy fake flowers for the house. Come on, anybody with me? You walk inside the house now, and it's a beautiful flower. They're alive all the time. They look amazing. Our house looks phenomenal now. Several years ago, we actually, here at this office, we were in charge of taking care of the flowers of the office. Uh, somebody was leaving on vacation, the one who takes care of the flowers, and they approached me and Diana, and they said, hey, while I'm gone on vacation, can you guys take care of the flowers of our office? And we said, absolutely, certainty, yes, we will take care of the flowers of the office. Now, um, the offices are much like this auditorium. It feels like Alaska. It's freezing cold, and um, you have to make sure that the flowers get enough sunlight, make sure they get water, make sure you always take care of the flowers, and we're like, we'll take care of it. Um, a day later... They were dead. Um, we're, we're, we're not good at that. We're not good at that. We didn't put them by the window to get sunlight. We didn't give it water. We didn't take care of it. And the person came back and found a bunch of lifeless flowers all over the office. You're welcome. And that was our way of taking. And this is what we came to find out. Without the proper conditions, the plants, the flowers couldn't have life. Conditions around us are vital to the life inside of us. As we start this third Sunday of 2020, as we get ready for this new decade, I got a question to ask us, what's around you as you start 2020? What's the condition like around your life? In fact, I'll narrow it down a little bit more. Who is around you in 2020? It's important because a lot of us, we have great intentions. A lot of us, we, we start the year off strong, and we're like, oh, this is the year. This is the year. It's 2020. I'm going back in the gym. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to church. I'm going to get on Dream Team. I'm, I'm not missing a Sunday. I'm not missing a Sunday. I'm not missing a day of working out. I'm getting a six-pack this year in 2020. Come on, anybody with me? This is the year. Woo! This is the year. Oh, let's go. Woo! Let's go. We got a lot of good intentions. This is the year I'm going to reset. This is the year I'm on. I'm going to get stronger. I'm getting closer to God. This is the year. Intentions are great, but intentions can only get you so far. 
See, what happens is that a lot of people, they have good intentions, but they have really bad conditions around them. How are the conditions? Because the intentions in your heart could be good, but if the people you're connected to, if the people you're attached to, if the people that you have around your life, if they're negative, toxic, and unhealthy, it's ultimately going to affect your life. You need to get some people around you that are godly. You need to get some people around you that believe in you. You need to get some people around you that believe this is your year, that God can do something with your life. Come on, anybody with me? Who's around you? In fact, I'll put it this way, the people in your life are just as important as the purpose in your life. The people in your life are just as important as the purpose in your life. Because a lot of times, you can know your purpose, but not know who your people are. You can know your purpose. I know God's calling over my life. I know what he's called me for. I know my purpose. I know my giftings. I know my calling. I know what God has called me to. But who's your tribe? Who's your crew? Who's your community? Who's your circle? Who are the people around you? A lot of us, we know what God has called us, but we don't know who God has put next to us. Who are the people around us? And people are important. In fact, I'll put it this way. Real friends and good friends, they will actually propel you. But the wrong friends can prohibit you from going after God's call for your life. And so I need some right friends. I need to change the conditions around my life. Somebody shout climate change. I need to watch the climate around my life. I need to watch what environment I'm in. Who's around me? Who's speaking into my life? Because what goes in your ear is just as important as what's in your heart. Oh, come on, you ain't hear me, church. What's in your heart is just as important as what gets in your ear. Because what gets in your ear will eventually make its way down to your heart. How many know it's hard to have faith when all you're hearing is fear. It's hard to believe God when all that you're listening to is doubt. It's hard to have love when everybody around you is full of hate. <laughs> and it's hard to be holy when you're living amongst everything that's foul. Can I get an amen? Mm, don't get quiet on me. Come on, church. Look at the person next to you and tell them I'm changing my climate. What environment are you in? I put it this way, just like a flower can't grow in bad climate, your life can't flourish with bad company. Your life can't flourish in bad company. So today, I'll, I'll tell you this, if you want to change your course, you need to change your climate. You want to reset, you want to start brand new. I want a 2020 to be the best year yet of my life. I need to watch what's the environment that I'm grounded in. Who's the people that are around me? 2020, I'm done with the negativity. I'm done with people around me that are toxic. I don't need people around me that are faithless. Come on, 2020, some of us, we wasted too much time in 2019. In 2020, I'm getting some people around me that are going to push me. I'm getting some people next to me that are going to pray for me. Come on, anybody with me? I want some people to believe. Believe God's word for my life. Believe God's word for my family. Believe God's word for my marriage. I need some people to push me, not to pull me. Can I get an amen? amen? Romans chapter 12, I love it because you guys are rowdy. Calm down. But Romans, Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, I love it because Paul, he's talking about a life change. He's talking about being renewed, transformed. He's saying all of us, we must change our life by offering up our lives before God. Remember, for 11 chapters, Paul has laid down an incredible theological foundation for all of us. He's saying you need to understand what Jesus has done for you. 
And so Paul goes into incredible detail about everything that salvation offers you and me. I love the book of Romans. In fact, later on this year, I'm so excited. We're going to study the book of Romans together as a church. We're going to go through a few weeks studying the book of Romans. What did Jesus do exactly for every single one of us? After he explains it for 11 chapters, in verse 12, he says, in light of that, because of everything Jesus did, live your life as a living sacrifice before God. Paul, he's telling us how to live a good, godly life. Anybody want to live a good, godly life in 2020? Come on, I want to be better in my walk with God. I want to be a better son of God. I want to be a better, you know, husband. I want to be a better believer. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better pastor. I want to be better. How do I do this? And so Paul says, well, you got to live a surrendered life. But a surrendered life is difficult with a poorly surrounded life. You can't really surrender your life completely if what you're surrounded by is toxic. I can't give God all of my worship and live this life as a living sacrifice if everything that I have around me is distracting me from God's purpose, God's call, God's plan, what's around your life. I love the word climate because climate talks about the environment that's around you. In fact, I looked up, I looked up the definition of climate, and I, I love this definition. I love it. Check it out. Look, look at this definition of climate. I love it. I think it's so to the point of what we need to understand. Climate is the prevailing attitudes, influences, standards, or environmental conditions of a group, period, or place. What are the prevailing attitudes around your life? What are the prevailing influences of the group of people around your life? How's the climate around your soul? Do you have people that are helping you, pushing you forward, or do you have people that are stopping you and pulling you backwards? Be careful with your climate. Because at the end of the day, your climate will affect your character. Look what Paul says when he's talking about the character of mankind in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Paul says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Some of us have heard this before growing up. If you grew up with a Hispanic mom like mine, you heard this all the time. Can I get an amen? Dime con quien andas. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Can I get an amen? Mom, I'm going to go out to the corner with my friend. Just going to hang out. ¿Con quién? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Con ese personaje. Ese muchacho no me gusta. But when you're young, how do you react when you're young? How do you react? Come on, somebody, give, give me, how was your reaction when you're young? Ah! Yeah! My boys, these are my homies. You don't know my boys, these are my brothers. <laughs> but then life will teach you some couple of lessons down the road, and you realize mom was right all along. You've heard it said, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. The friends in your life are shaping the future of your life. Come on, somebody. Who's around you? Who's speaking into your life? Who's speaking into your relationships? Who's speaking into your marriage, into your finances? Who's speaking into your soul? The friends of your life, they will shape the future of 
your life. How's the climate around your life? The company you keep will be the ones that show you who your character really are. I'm changing my climate in 2020. I, I need the right people around my life. I need some godly people around my life because it's impossible to live a right life surrounded by wrong friends, surrounded by wrong people. And so we talked about our choices, we talked about our thoughts. Today I wanna to talk about resetting our relationships. Who's in your circle? Who's in your crew? Who's the company that you have? Who are your friends? I'm talking about real friends. Who are the people that can speak into your life? How do I change my climate? How do I change my environment? I want to start this year right. I want to follow God. I want to follow all of his plans and his purposes. If that's you, can you give God a big praise? Come on. I want to go after all that God has for me. How do we do that? How do we do that? Number one, I think the first thing that we need to do is that we need to control our surroundings. Control our surroundings. Somebody shout control. In other words, it's up to us to decide who's around us in 2020. You're in control of that decision. Who do you allow around you? I'll put it this way. Who are the voices that you are allowing to speak into your life in 2020? Who are the people that you're allowing to mentor you, speak to you, call you out, befriend you, give you advice? Who are those people? You decide who those people are. You probably have heard this term before, controlled environments. Have you ever heard that? Controlled environments. Scientists, when they want to carry out an experiment, many times they have to do it in a controlled environment. In other words, they can't, lay, they can't let outside influences or forces come in and mess up the experiment that they're going to do. So they do it in a controlled environment. What if I told you there are certain things that God wants to do in your life, but he will only do it under a controlled environment? Oh, don't look at me like that. It says it in the Bible. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. That Alex, that's great, but that's not in the Bible. Mark chapter 5. I'll show you. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. The Bible says Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, right? They're all there hanging out, eating pizza chips and hummus, and they're all there talking about life. And somebody comes running up to Jesus. Jesus! Jesus! You need to run to my house because my daughter is sick and about to die. Many of you probably heard this story. Jesus is like, oh, my God, let's go. Let's start going. They start going to this guy's house. He's a synagogue leader. He says, let's go talk. Pray for your daughter. Let's go talk to her, pray for her. Let's go. On the way, this lady touches Jesus, the hem of his garment. Maybe you've heard this story. The lady, she's been bleeding for 12 years. And, she, and this, Jesus stops in his track. He looks around. He says, who touched me? All of a sudden, I was like, everybody's touching you, Jesus. He's like, no, this touch was different. This was a touch of faith. Somebody touched me with faith. Come on, somebody. That means something. And so Jesus heals this lady. They find out who it is. Jesus heals the lady. Because they got caught up in traffic and all that thing happened, this guy comes running. He comes running. He's like, synagogue leader, forget it. I got bad news. Your daughter's dead. It's too late. You guys took too long. Your daughter has died. And Jesus is like, as long as I'm in, as long as I'm in the story, it's not over until I say it's over. Come on, everybody knows that's the God that we have. And so Jesus is like, move out the way. Let's go. We're going anyway. So, so they, they start going to the house. Now, now when they get to the house, this is extremely important, and there's a there's a profound principle that we have to see what Jesus does. Mark chapter 5, read with me, write this down. Mark chapter 5, verses 37 through 40. Jesus, the Bible says, did not let anybody follow him except Peter, James, and John. Three people followed him. And it says, the Bible says, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion. 
There was noise going on. This whole drama. People were crying, wailing out loud. He went in and the Bible says that he said to them, why all this commotion? He said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but the child is, the child's asleep. And the Bible says that this is how the people responded. They laughed at him. They laughed at him. You know what's to laugh at Jesus? He's like, hey, why, why is everybody crying? She's not dead. She's only sleeping. And everybody's <laughs> she's dead. <laughs> she's dead. Who is this guy? Who invited this guy? But Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Come on, somebody. Come on, how many know that as long as Jesus is in the picture, it's never over. And look what Jesus said. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out. After he put them all out. After he put them all out. He went inside. He grabbed the disciples, the mother and the father, went inside, grabbed the child, and the child came back to life. You know what Jesus did? Jesus walked inside the room and said, you, 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 get the step in. <laughs> Can I tell you, 2020, as this new decade begins, you need to look at your life, you need to look at your climate, and you need to say, you, 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 you. I don't need you in my life. You have no idea what God has called me for. I got a purpose to live for. I got a dream that I'm after. I got a calling over my life. I got God's hand over my life. Come on, I'm going after God. Give God a big praise. Come on, somebody. There's some people in your life that you have to cut out in 2020. There's some people in your life that you say, I love you, this is great. Oh, but it's going to hurt. How could I do that? They're my BFF, BFF, 10 years, 15 years old. Said they're cute. What do you mean? But those people are not necessary for the new season that God is propelling you to. And it may hurt, but there's some people around you that are nothing but toxic and faithless. And what they're doing is deviating you from God's call, plans, and purposes for your life. And so it may hurt. But God would rather you deal with the pain of their absence than the consequence of their presence. And so this will hurt. I have to cut out some people from my life, but some people need to be removed. I can't allow this in 2020. I can't allow this for where God has taken me. And so my joy is much better than their company. My purpose is much greater than their presence. Anybody with me? So there's some people that I need to cut out for this next season of my life that I, I need some people around me that believe in what God wants to do in my life, in my marriage, in my home. Who's around you? Who are you allowing to speak into your life? I'll ask this. Who's giving you advice? Who told you to date that guy? Hello. Who told you to marry that girl? Marry that girl. I'm going to marry her anyway. You know that song? Who told you to listen to that song? <laughs> right? Like, like, remember what gets in your ear gets down to your heart. Who's giving you advice? Who's giving me advice? Like, like what's the climate around my life? Look what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 20. Walk with the wise and you will become wise. Anybody, anybody want to be wise in 2020? Come on, I need more wisdom in my life. But it says, for a companion of fools suffers harm. 2020, I don't need friends around me that are going to harm me. I need friends that are going to help me. So I'm changing the climate around my soul, around my heart, around my mind. 
and I start by controlling my surroundings. I'm going to choose you, you, you. I, I'm sorry, but I don't need you for this next season of my life. I need to focus. I need to reset. I'm trying to have a new mind. I'm trying to live holy. I'm trying to go after God. I'm trying to go after all the plans and purposes that God has for my life. I need to be laser focused. I need to be disciplined. And I'm sorry, but your voice doesn't fit in this season. So control your surroundings. But not only do you need to get some people out, you also need to let some people in. So number two, I would say, is that you need to choose your company. Choose who are the people that you are going to do life with. Because a lot of us then, what we'll do is that we'll cut everybody off. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I got a bunch of friends. I go down my telephone. I'm blocking everybody's phone number today. I'm just going to go. Ow, 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 ow. I'm living for Jesus. Me and Jesus. Amen, man. But we believe that life is not meant to be lived alone. In fact, when, when God was in creation and he was creating the world, the first thing that was wrong was not sin. The first thing that was wrong was solitude. In fact, God called everything that he did good. This is good, this is good, this is good, this is good. The animals, the fish, he's amazing, awesome, good, 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 good. All of a sudden, he sees Adam alone and he says, this is not good. The first sin wasn't idolatry. The first sin was isolation. It is not good that man should be alone. God doesn't want you to live life alone. He's a God of relationship. He's a God who's one in three and three in one. It is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. If he himself is in a relationship, we ourselves need to be in a relationship. You need to be in a circle. You need to have a company. You need to have a crew. The stronger the crew, the better the new you would be. Who's the crew around you? But you can't live life alone. Who's in your circle? Who's in your crew? Whose company are you around? Because Jesus kicked some people out, but he also let some people in. He said, Peter, James, John, Mom, Dad, come with me. I need some people around me that have faith in 2020. I need to let some people into the rooms of my heart that have hope in their life, that have God's word in their mouth. Come on, you need some people around you that can prophesy over your tomorrow, that can say, I believe God's word for you. I believe that God has his hand over your life. Come on, allow some people to come into your life. Allow some people to speak into it. Allow some people to pray over your marriage, over your relationships, over your home, and over your future. Don't just kick people out. Allow people in. We do that through connect groups. Somebody say connect groups. Today's Connect Sunday. And this is a big deal to us at Calvary because we believe that life change happens in the context of relationships. In fact, we say that life is not meant to be lived in a row, but it's meant to be lived in a circle. Connect groups where, where roles become circles. We sit here on Sundays because this is the way we worship and we listen to somebody speak to us. And it could be anybody that comes up here, different pastors, and they come and we all teach. That's great. And we'll listen to it, but in a circle is where we discuss it Monday through Saturday. Say, how's God's word? I didn't like that part. I didn't like that part. <laughs> and you can sit with somebody at a coffee shop and say, ah, yeah, I need to cut some people out. Can you hold me accountable? Yeah, I need to make some changes in my mind. Can you, can you check up on me the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I need to make some better choices like we talked about in week one. Can, can you call me weekly and, and see how I'm doing? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's through those relationships where we discuss God's word, break it apart, and life change happens. Connect groups are awesome. They're all across this city. and I think we're going to start off with about 80 groups, and we're praying before the end of the year, about 100, 150 groups all over the city. And Last cycle, we had over 800 people in connect groups. Come on, it's amazing. 
people living in relationship. And this year we're praying and believing God for over a thousand people. And we want everybody to get in a connect group because it's important that you get in a circle. It's important that you choose the right company. You can block out the wrong voices, but, but there needs to be space for some good voices in your life. Who's the right company that you have around you? What we found out at Calvary is ultimately we is better than me. Always I choose we over me. Isolation leads to destruction, the Bible says. I'm going to live life alone. I got a bunch of people out. I'm going to live life alone. Be careful. Isolation, the Bible says, will lead you to destruction. Make sure you're not going through life alone. I've been a part of so many connect groups throughout my life. You've heard me share stories. My youth pastor, Shadrach, showing up at my house, beeping the horn every Tuesday. Every Tuesday night, he would show up at my house, about 15, 16 years old. And I'm like, Shad, I'm not going to connect group today. Oh, yes, you are. You're going to connect group today. You're going to get in this car. We're going to connect group. Man, I'm going to connect groups. And then as I got a little bit older, Frank, I'll never forget Frank. Frank was another youth pastor in my life. And those kind of things helped me in my journey with God. I couldn't have done it without people holding me accountable. I've heard people say all the time. People approach me outside all the time. They're like, I haven't been here in about four or five weeks. And not one person called me. Not one person texted me. I don't think I'm coming back to this church. And I'm like, man, you're, you're lying. That's, that's not cool. Nobody called you. We should have checked up on you. Let me talk to your connect group leader. Who's, who's your connect group leader? I'm not in one. Oh. Okay, well, well what, what, what dream team are you a part of? Like, what team do you serve in? What, what department? Now one? <laughs> None of them. It's like, well, who are you allowing in your circle? You've kicked everybody out, and then you want people to care for you and come after you. And you just heard two stories, Heather and Lissette, but I can go one by one to people in connect groups and they'll tell you, man, my life is better because of my connect group. People have called me, checked up on me when I'm in the hospital, when a family, we've had people here stock up a family's refrigerator. It's their whole connect group that showed up when they had a financial loss and say, hey, we're here to bless you. We're here to bless your family. Come on, anybody grateful and thankful for good connect groups and good relationships and good company. And so who are you allowing whose voice is speaking into your life in this new cycle, change the climate around your life, the good godly counsel. So number one, you control your surroundings. Number two, choose your company. And we'll finish with this, and the band can come up, we'll close. Number three, you need to clear your bias. Look at your neighbor and tell them, clear your bias. Nah, but look at them in their eyes and tell them, you better clear that bias. What do I mean? A lot of times, this is what happens. A lot of times you can have the right people in your life, but have the wrong conclusions about them. And you can say, well, yeah, 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 that's fine. I'll get in a connect group because they, they forced me to. I don't want to be in a connect group, but my spouse told me I have to. And all of a sudden you can be in a circle of friends and think you're the smartest one in that circle. You could be in a connect group and think you're the wisest one. Can I tell you, if you're the smartest one in your circle, you need another circle. If you're the wisest one in your group, then you need another group. But a lot of times what happens is that our pride gets in the way. And so God wants to speak to us. God wants to use people to come and challenge us, hold us accountable. But we think we got it all under control. Who's going to tell me what? I've been married for 30 years. 
I got 15 kids. Can't nobody tell me. I know about fatherhood. <laughs> and all of a sudden, your bias, your preconceived notions and ideas about people will stop you from getting the help that you need in 2020. I know it all. I've been through it all. What's he going to tell me in a connect group? I've been in church 30 years. I know everything. I know all the coritos. I grew up. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. What is this connect group leader going to tell me? Check your bias. Check your heart. That you think you may be too good for somebody. Can I tell you, God will use a donkey to speak into your life. Look at your neighbor and tell him, are you a donkey? No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. God will use anybody. See, 2020, I, I started thinking, God, what new voices are you trying to use in my life that I keep kicking out? Because I think, well, this person can't teach me anything. Can we be real? Sometimes we'll get to that place in life. This person can't hold me accountable. What do they know about finances? Look at their life. What do they know about marriage? What do they know? I know more than anybody. Be careful that your room is not too full of pride that it doesn't have space for voices in there. I'm clearing my bias. I'm bringing down my guard. I'm bringing down the boundaries that I haven't allowed people to come in. Otherwise, you'll be surrounded by great voices, but your heart will be too closed off to receive. And look what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1. I love this one. He says, if you get more stubborn every time you're corrected, one day you'll be crushed and you'll never recover. I don't know about you, but I'd never want to get to that place. Anybody with me? If every single time somebody tries to speak into your life and says, man, I wanted to talk to you about that relationship you have. I've seen you guys hanging out. Do you think right now, is there, don't tell me anything. I know, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Thank you. God bless you. All right, cool. Hey, I, I've seen you make some choices. I don't know if these choices are the best. Hey, hey, I don't need that. Thank you. God bless you. Well, okay, I was just trying to help you. One day, you might get so stubborn, you'll never recover from some of your faults. That's a little bit rough to hear, but we need to hear. Who am I allowing to speak into my heart? Or am I not listening? Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10, look what the, this proverb says. Where there is strife, there's pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. I need some advice in my life. I need some... Anybody here want to get better in 2020? Come on. Anybody want to go stronger in 2020? I'm controlling my surroundings. I'm, I'm not allowing some options in 2020 that I allowed in 19, 18, 17. I'm, I'm cutting some things out, but I'm also allowing some things in. And I'm choosing my company. I need some godly, good men of God, women of God who believe in me, can prophesy over me, speak God's word of my life. But then I also need to let down my boundaries and allow people to hold me accountable and challenge me and let them know the parts of me that nobody knows of my heart, my motives, my desires, my temptations, my struggles. Who knows what you're struggling with? Who's checked up on you and said, hey, how's that temptation going? How's, how's that area of your life? Can we be real? All of us go through struggles. All of us go through temptations. Who's asking us, hey, how? How are you and your wife doing? How are you and your husband doing? Hey, how are you and your boyfriend doing? How are you and your girlfriend doing? You guys getting married? You guys, what are the plans? Don't ask me. Can't nobody tell me nothing. I'm bringing down my guard in 2020. I need people to speak into my life. Amen. Can we stand up on our feet all across this? Stand up on our feet all across this. Stand up on our feet all across this.